Welcome to Excel Leadership, an organization devoted to navigating enterprise on the high seas. Core values, core leadership, and core training. Dr. Bill Purvis is the leader of one of America's megachurches, a highly sought after motivational speaker, and founder and CEO of Excel Leadership. Businesses and industries today spend enormous amounts of money on training and wonder why they aren't seeing the results of these expenditures. Excel Leadership delivers results. Excel Leadership challenges you to grow in your personal life, leadership skills, and alignment of core values to achieve your maximum potential. Let's listen in as Bill speaks to a live audience of people just like you who are eager to grow in their leadership skills. So today, let me talk to you for a moment about developing loyalty. I think it's one of the crucial things. Of all the values that you'll have, and we've been looking at values, of all the values you'll have, this one right here is in my book, number two. I mean, I've got four or five there, but number one is integrity, and number two for me is loyalty. Now, it doesn't have to be yours. Um, my values don't have to be yours. You, you find your own values if you want. Or you, you can say, you know, I like those, and that's what I need. Some people have it and just have never clarified it. And they've said, you know, I've got those values. I just never quite thought about it, wrote it down, and clarified it. But today, we're going to talk about that because last week we talked about core values. That your core values really define and determine who you are. They'll determine who you marry. They determine who your friends are. They determine how long you last in a job. Core values really determine everything about you. And, and the people that, that figure that out early in life have a wonderful, happy, successful, significant life. The people that don't spend a lot of time with foggy thinking in a fuzzy world trying to figure out why things don't just seem to break their way. And, and so I would, I would urge you to understand core values as the, uh, as the compass for your life. Now, we said at the end of that, we talked about loyalty. I mentioned to you three kinds of it there, and we've got those reiterated again. One, one is loyalty, we said, declares up front. Loyalty just says right up front, this is what I believe, what I stand for, what I will do, what I won't do. Loyalty has no problem uh, expressing right up front where it is. That's what it does. Disloyalty, we said, uh, is, is one that may on the outside appear to be with you, but underneath is not really there. You know when there are people that are not really quite with you. Uh, and, and so disloyalty is generally somebody who's on the team but not really a team player, somebody who's got a, a selfish agenda. And I've always said on a team, all it takes is one person to break up a team, just one. When a person gets their own agenda that is more important to them than the team agenda, you start having an unraveling. The third one we said, though, was our loyalty. I've seen a lot of this through my life, and that is they're the kind of people that don't, they don't declare that they're loyal, and they're not necessarily comfortable with disloyal people, but they never say up front what they believe. They kind of, they kind of just go along. You know, if someone doesn't like what the company is doing, when the boss or the, the manager says, Folks, are we all on the page? Is this where we're going? And they give you the opportunity with open floor, speak up. And a person doesn't speak up. At that moment, they lose their moral right to ever say a word in a hallway or a car or by the water fountain. I, I will mark those people that fast. If I'm, if I'm in a room and the leader of the room says, this is what we're going to do and this is where we're going to go and here's how we're going to you know, achieve this, Anybody got any questions? Is it right or wrong? Whatever. If they don't speak up, but you walk out in the hallway and they say, I just really don't think so-and-so is right. None of that. At that moment, I figured out, I won't pie my lunch. 
I won't associate with them. I want nothing to do with somebody who won't be right up front and tell you face-to-face, eye-to-eye, exactly where they are. There's nothing worse than a disloyal person. Disloyalty is cancer. It's a total cancer. And, and so because of that, those kind of people, will, will, they will take your whole company in a wrong direction or zap the momentum or wound the spirits of the good people. And so they need to be able to be up front. I'd rather somebody just tell me up front, I'm not with you, don't intend to be with you, never will be. Good, I like that. Then I would somebody to pretend and nod their head, yeah, I'm with you, and the whole time, I'm not. And that's what disloyalty is. So we're going to talk about developing loyalty and, and how you can do it. In case you want it, you say, how do I do it, and how do I teach others to do it? I'll show you some ways here. We say it's not easy to measure productivity in a knowledge-based economy. However, there's one tangible measurement, and that's employee loyalty. And uh, we say there's no doubt that there's a connection between an employee's level of commitment to a company and his or her job performance. That's, that's a given. We understand. Now, top pay must keep people on the job, but it doesn't necessarily buy their loyalty. It doesn't matter how much you pay them. It, loyalty is a character issue. It, it's the, my kids, now, I'm, you know that's my, my soapbox. Those of you who know me close, you'll say that's Bill's number one value. I've told my kids, if you ever are disloyal, I'd rather you die. I'd rather you be dead than live a life with disloyalty. And, and my kids know that this day. My, one of my oldest boys one time went out to, the middle boy was, was about to get jumped on by four or five other guys, and, and my oldest boy said, I got to go out there and fight them. Well, they happen to have about 55 cousins, you know. And so my oldest boy is standing there, and the little one laughs about it now. He said, Dad, he was standing there, and there were 75 folks out there, and all of them's going to jump on him. And, and I said, B.J., did you think about running? He said, no, Dad. You taught me as a kid. You stand up for your friends. And I would have rather come home with broken arms and broken teeth and stood up for my brother than to have come home and looked at you in the eye and know that I ran out of my brother. And, and, and I, I'll tell you something. To me, that means something. I have friends in this room. You, you don't have to worry about it. My, my, I'll take the hit before you will. And do it gladly. Be honored to do it. And loyalty within a company is far more valuable, far more valuable. If you go through life, in fact, if you have friends, deep friends, you'll have them because you exhibit that. And so that's why we want to make sure that we learn how to do it. Now, here's some ways that you can develop loyalty, okay? If you're the manager, here's how you get it back. Number one, have a genuine concern for employees. Don't ask for loyalty unless you give it, okay? And so have a genuine concern. When you walk in, in fact, a moment ago, I stopped by one of our staff officers to see a guy for something, and, and I just noticed he's kind of tired. So I shut the door and said, we, you know, what's going on? Well, I've just really been tired about this. And the minute I left his office, I went in to see a supervisor, and I'm already figuring out a way to give this guy some breaks because I care about him. Does he produce? Sure. But he's far more important as a person to me. And if I can help him and show concern for him, he'll last long-term, and he'll enjoy it. But, but it's up to me to decide now, how do we help this guy to kind of weather through this moment? I believe that most of us will work harder at a place that we know they really care about us. If we know they really do go to bat for us, it, that's more significant than just working at a place and getting the check. And so the first way, if you're going to develop any kind of Loyalty. In fact, we got a guy on our staff, and he went to a church. First week he was here, he was here on our staff, and I walked in the hallway, and I saw him, and I said, come on, let's go to lunch. And he said, pardon me? And I said, come on, let's go. He said, you, okay. And 
we walked out the door and we got in the car and he's kind of nervous and I said, what's the deal? And he said, you know, I said, are you always this nervous? He said, I worked on a staff of a church this same size down in Florida for 10 years. He said, the pastor never, and this is the way a lot of them do it this level, he said, the pastor never one time took me to lunch. I never rode in his car. He said, that's just a rule. He said, that, you, don't, you don't do that. And he said, and so I was just wondering, did I do something wrong? And I said, let me tell you something. Ain't going to be a hundred times I'm going to walk by your office and I'm going to say, let's go to lunch, okay? And I said, in, in, in my book, there's no such thing as you work for me. My, my idea is you work with me, okay? So you get used to that. We're going to do a lot of lunches together. And what he told one of his friends was, you wouldn't believe this. For 10 years, I worked in one environment where they treated me this way. And over here, I'm having to get used to, they treat me like a person. If you show that kind of concern, it'll help you, I promise you. Number two is be fair. Be as fair as you can be. Think about this, and I, and I believe this. I, those of you just starting a business, I believe that every person that works for you deserves insurance. I think everybody there, I'm pushing right now, our finance committee, we're pushing heavy on, on some retirement packages to better some people. I believe everybody has a right. I don't care if they're the janitor. I don't care if they're part-time. Everybody has a right to part of that compensation, and they, and they all have it. And, and, and we have one lady on our staff that she had some health problems. When I found out she had some health problems, I said, listen, call over there, find out what it's going to take for disability. And we were able to step up, and we foregoed. Some of us at executive level forewent some things we needed and wanted for her benefit and was able to get a package that would take care of her. And, and she's got a guaranteed health package for the rest of her life. And I've said, listen, you come in here to work in a wheelchair, but you're always taken care of. Her father, who's living up in Michigan, calls and says, I want to tell you, I weeped when she told me that. He said, to think that you care that much about to take care of them no matter what. Listen, I believe if you're fair with them, you take care of them. In the end, God will take care of you. And so don't look at it like we can't afford. If it's in the people business, go to bat for your people. And you'll find that some of your people appreciate it so much, they'll go to bat for you. Number three, build the trust factor first. Building the trust means this. It means saying to those kind of people, I want to build a relationship with you out of respect. I'll give you a quick illustration. Yesterday we met with, uh, with all of the middle school and high school principals in Columbus. I took them to lunch and sat out with them and said, now, what's the agenda? I said, here's what the agenda is. As a church, we're going to step up and we want to help you. Every one of you, public school principals here, we want to help you. And here's the promise I made. I, no strings attached. If you need something, you need some tutors, you need some sub-teachers, you need some money for some causes, please put us on your list. We want to help you. One, somebody said, well, wait a minute. What do you want from us? Because most churches come out with a handout, you know, give me this, give me a Bible club. Give me. I said, we don't want anything from you. Don't want a thing. You've never met anybody with more pure motives. Don't want one single thing from you. We want to help you and serve you. And so the, the end of that question, I said, now I know you're going to say, you got to want something. In the end, here's what I want. If we could help you to have better testing so that your schools are the best, if we can one day work together as a community to get the best schools in the city, what will take place is, is that all over the country people want to move here because they want the kids in good schools. And if they do that, then they'll be looking for churches and they'll be looking for places to work. And if they do that, we'll all be the recipient of it. But we've got to first step up to the plate and, and offer something. So we're not here to take something from you. We're here to put a towel on our arm and serve you. You tell us how we can do it, we'll do it. And one by one, these principals are walking out the door saying, nobody ever made that offer before. Well, most people don't. 
Isn't it true everybody comes to you and they want something? They all got their hand out, gimme, 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 gimme. And I, I believe that you get along better when you go in and say, listen, I want to give it. It's not, about, it's not about you giving me. It's about what I can do to help you. That's why we do this with Richard and all these folks. Week after week, we're saying, use their business. Come to know them. It, it, it won't hurt my feelings if Richard became a billionaire today and left this church and joined one right down the street. You know what I'd say? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. As long as he's doing well, we did what we should have done in life. There's something about adding value to people's life that is far more significant than taking and so that's why we say build the trust. If you build the trust, you get that kind of relationship, then what happens is in the end, you'll have a depth and loyalty. Number four, I'll give you these and won't, I won't comment on all of them. Number four, provide training. That is invest in them. Uh, find ways to train them. I, I mentioned to you the Excel tapes is one way. You can say, listen, I want you to listen to this tape. You can find seminars to send them to. You can put them around people. But find ways to keep your people growing. When they stop growing is when they stop, when they stop uh, producing. So you got to find ways to keep them trained. Number five, whenever possible, promote from within. We say give employees every opportunity to advance just as high and wide as their ability to carry them. If you promote from within, here's what you get. You know what you got. When you bring from the outside, you don't always know what you have. You understand? I mean, you, you get something new to the table, and in some strategic areas, it's necessary. But if you can promote from within, you're getting people from the character side, and all you're doing is adding, adding, adding skills. I've always said hire character and train for skills. If you, if you hire skills alone and you have a character problem, you've got a big problem. And so what you want to do is you want to find the character first and then train for the skills if you can. And if you can do that, in the end you have somebody underneath that's really built right. Number six, acknowledge that they have a, a life outside of work. That is, don't place irrational demands on the time. Give them a life outside Here's what I do. Now, we all do it differently. I don't run with the people I work with, okay? Uh, we do occasionally birthday parties and all that stuff, but by and large, we don't. You know why? Because we'll talk shop too much. Some of the folks I run with, most pastors wouldn't run with, okay? I run with a guy or two that they'll get drunk at a table so fast, the meal ain't even come, you know? And, and I run with them. I call them up and say, let's go to dinner. Okay, Bill. He done gone through four gin and tonics before they can, before they can bring me the menu. And, uh, and Bill, I love you, buddy. And people walking by the table looking at us, and he's about got it, ain't he? And uh, one guy, he's, he's a very wealthy CEO. One guy, we was at a table with my wife, and I was sitting with him, and we do some stuff together. I said, I just want you to know what I'm proud of with him. She said, what? I said, I couldn't drink that much without falling on the floor. I mean, he can, he can hold his liquor. You know, if there's anything I can say. I run with people outside all the time. I don't want to run with churchy people. Why, why would I do that? I mean, they're going to heaven. We'll see them there. I'm interested in running around with the folks that don't know God so that I can make an impact in their life and reach them. And if I can reach them for Christ, I can make a difference in their life for all of eternity. And so the, the key in my life is, is I don't want to run around with the folks I work with either because if you run with those, you never get off the work subject. You know what I'm saying? So you want to be with some people that you develop some relationships with that you can talk about other stuff and it just doesn't matter, okay? And, and that... That separates work from church and separates work from, from your job. When you can separate work from your job, I think you're better in both places. You're better in your job and you're better at work because it didn't drain you. Uh, and, and so that's the key. The, uh, number seven, share the vision often and communicate their role in reaching the goal. If I want loyalty out of them, here's what I do. I share, here's where we're going, folks. 
And, and I share the vision with passion and clarity. It's got to be clear to me or it won't be clear to them. So I share, here's where we're going. And then I always stop and say these words, I need you to get there. I can't do this without you. Now, the moment we say, I need you, they say, he needs me. Everybody wants to be needed. And the moment they realize there's a part for them in that vision, they will step up with it and they will become loyal to it. See, you will never really work hard for somebody else's vision. If you're picking up somebody else's vision, you, you may start out to shoot with it, but you won't really work when the tough time comes. You'll get tired. But if it's your vision, you'll work night and day. Richard's example. Because Richard's vision is that mini book, and he's pushing that. I bet he puts in more hours than nine to five. I bet he doesn't take a whole hour lunch break. I bet he takes 40 minutes, and, and that's still thinking. And, and he'll work harder for his vision than he would for somebody else's. So what you've got to do when you get the vision is you've got to share that vision with the others. You empower them with it, and it becomes a part of theirs. And they'll go the distance on theirs. The uh, Number eight, encourage employees to make decisions. And, and, uh, and then you just stand behind them. Now, I covered that one time before. What it really means is give them the right to make decisions. Here's what I've always believed. If you give them the title and the authority to buy and sell and do whatever, also give them the authority to make the decisions. Don't give them responsibility without authority. That, that, that's crippling them. It breaks your relationship. You'll never get loyalty. It's kind of like if you're a babysitter and you say, now you're the babysitter, okay? I'm giving you responsibility. You, you babysit my kids. But you have no authority to correct them, to get on to them, to tell them to be quiet, to tell them to sit down. You don't have any authority. You just tell me when I get back home later. Well, that's a frustrated babysitter when you get back because all they did was just watch them climb the curtains and tear up the house. And the same thing is true with some employees. We give them the responsibility. This is your job, but we don't give them the authority. And, and when we don't give them the authority to go with that job, we're in trouble. We, uh, we had a decision one time around here that one of our employees had let another go, and, and I wouldn't have done it, and it was wrong, and I didn't like it. And when I came in and found out about it and what it was over, I had to call that one employee that let him go and said, let me tell you something. What you've done was dumb. Now, I'm going to stand behind you. Privately, I'm going to take the hit for this. But what you did, in my opinion, didn't have to be done that way. And, and I want you to learn from this. Now, I'm embarrassed before this other person, and all of their friends are going to take it out on me, and I'm going to live with that. But from now on, before you make decisions, I'll always stand behind you, but before you make them, I want you to think long and carefully because I gave you the responsibility, and you had authority, but you used your authority a little too quickly. And, and I think you have to stand behind them. It'll frustrate them if, if you don't stand behind them. But at the same time, you cannot give them responsibility if you don't stand behind them. Uh, the uh, Number nine is this. If, you, if at all possible, hire loyal people. Now, I always say this. Get it right the first time. Check the references, okay? You know, I've always said look at the references when you're checking them. If they've got a bunch of their friends, you know your friends are going to say good things about you, you know? Uh, ask these questions. Why were they let go? If they came back today, would you hire them again? And I always ask somebody when I'm interviewing them, I say, tell me when you made a mistake, where you were at before, and how you got through that. And if they say, well, I can't remember one, I don't want that. I don't want the person who never made a mistake. I want somebody to say, man, you talk about blowing it. You know, let me tell you where I blew it before. I want to know that. And then I want to know how they got through it because human beings make mistakes. And if they can tell me, honestly, they're comfortable with having made one, they say, well, here's where I messed up, but let me tell you what I did. I'm good with that. Okay, yeah, you made that mistake, but you learn from it. When they come across as if I never made one, that's, that's a little dangerous. 
But you hire loyal people, and then you watch them, and you allow those kind of people to develop, and in the end, you'll get something up. And then number 10, recognize those that are loyal. You remember a couple of weeks back, I gave to you our core values, you know, the 13 values there. Some of you went out and even said, we adopted the very same ones. One guy told me, he said, I just took your name off, put ours on top, and, we, and said that was the easiest decision we ever made. Well, let me, let me tell you what we try to do that helps us. Every month in a staff meeting, we honor three people every month, and we do it based upon those values. We'll pull up the values and say, okay, this month, uh, John was really loyal to such and such, and for that reason, we want to give you, and we'll give him a certificate somewhere or something. And then Bob over here, talk about excellence. Boy, he did this. It was excellent. And every month, we're rewarding those values so that when they come into that staff meeting, they don't feel like I'm coming in to get another agenda. But I come in, first of all, and I get thanked. And I get, and I get rewarded for holding to a value. And when we describe what the value was, the rest of the people get the picture of it. Oh, that's what they call that. That's why that works. And that's why I mentioned there in uh, employee's responsibility. Don't take a ch check from a company you can't be loyal to. You know, if you don't believe in it, don't do it. You know, if you don't really have the belief that what we're doing makes a difference and it's worthwhile, to me, it's a lack of integrity to say, I'm going to work for a place and sell a product that I really don't believe in. Um, we got a lot of car salesmen in the room, and I love you. And I'm not picking on you. This is for all of us, okay? But, uh, but, but you're just an easy shot right now. If, if you're selling Chevrolets and you drive Fords, that to me is a big sign, you know? I mean, so I, you know, I want to know when the guy's selling something, what are you driving, you know? And that, that tells me a lot. Already, and, and that works in, you know, you don't buy hair growing tonic from a bald-headed barber. You know, there's certain things that just are standouts. So if I'm, if I'm looking at the, at the responsibility of loyalty, I want to decide, is that a value that I'll have? Now, in my own life, and like I said, it doesn't have to be your value. In my life, I discovered that loyalty in my life causes a family. It, it just brings among me the people that if I fail, they're there. If I pick up, they're there. When I went through a heart bypass a few years ago, I had a loyal bunch of friends standing in the room. And they told me, they said, now, he's going to probably need a blood transfusion. I didn't want that because you never know whose blood he's going to get. But I had several friends that were standing, and one of them happened to have the same type of blood. And he just said, without wincing, hook me up. And they said, well, we'll wait. So he said, I don't care how much. Hook me up. That's my friend. And I'll never forget how I felt at that moment. You know, I, that here was a friend who was willing to say, I'll give you my blood. Loyalty brings a family. It's that part that no matter what storm comes, how bad it comes, the stock market falls, your competitor builds a better, you know, rat trap, and things are going well for him and not so good for you. Everything's going to... If you've got loyalty, you will survive. It's those companies that don't have loyalty that in the end, when the storm comes, it just blows it all apart. And that's the part. It ought to be hard for you to leave a job. It, it ought to be that if you leave, you say, man, I know I'm supposed to do it and it's the right thing and I gotta go, but I don't know where I'll ever find a group like this again. And, and if it's hard for you, that's, that's a commendable trait. And my hope and prayer is that we'll live up to that and find that. So develop that one, you'll go a long, long ways. If you are listening to a borrowed copy of this lesson, consider becoming an Excel Leadership member. Visit our website at www.excel-leadership.com. That's xcel-leadership.com. Or call 1-800-474-9235.
Each month, you'll receive an audio lesson, informative lesson outlines, an attractive library-quality storage binder to organize your material, plus an opportunity to purchase Excel Leadership Mentoring Tools at a discount. Don't miss out on future lessons. Contact Excel Leadership today at www.excel-leadership.com. Excel Leadership, providing you with professional leadership training.